0: Hi,
1: I'm Kelly Gerard. Hi, this is Julian Harrison.
2: Hi, this is AJ Muhammad. Hi, I am Caesar Williams and you are listening to the Call and Response Podcast.
3: hello Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Call and Response Podcast with Felicia Fitzpatrick. And I know every week I say I'm so hyped, I'm so thrilled, I'm so excited. And I am never lying, but I, I mean you can hear my voice right now. Like I am smiling so so big right now because i honestly feel like this moment has been a few years in the making um i got to connect with these folks over instagram as you do these days um and then we 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 connected over instagram like personally between the podcast and this group and then we got to connect for play bill in different ways we um we did an instagram takeover with them and and did a profile all of these things okay i'm saying we got connected to these folks and They are just so wonderful. And I am so, so excited to chat with them today. We're gonna learn all about them as artists, but as well as the origin story, the evolution, and the current and upcoming projects of The Fire This Time Festival which may sound familiar from James Baldwin's 1963 book The Fire Next Time, right? Yes, yes. And the annual festival provides a platform for playwrights of African and African American descent to develop their work. So we're going to learn all about it. Um and I mean they're all be winning, y'all. Like they are the real deal and they're also just so warm, so lovely, so kind. Um, so, without further ado, please welcome Kelly Girard, Julianne Harrison, AJ Muhammad, and Caesar Williams. Hey, y'all.
4: Hey.
1: hey. Hi. Hi, Felicia.
4: Hi. Hi, Felicia. Oh, my God. Hi, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: so excited. <laughs> I can't stop smiling.
0: You can tell because of you, I am smiling like really big. <laughs> really right? So, I'm sure you can tell, Felicia.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, like I was just saying, y'all really you are so warm. You're so kind. You're so just unapologetically joyful in yourselves and yourselves and all of the things. So I'm so excited to learn about you as people, but also this incredible group that y'all work on together.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
2: It really is.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. Well, I say let's start off and we'll start off with Kelly. I want to hear how y'all first got involved with performing arts. Like, as your individual selves, as artists?
0: You know, it's funny because I have recently been doing a lot of reflection and being like, what was, like, the first thing that, like, kind of, like, put me in that, in in the mode of being this way? And um, I honestly, you know, I grew up uh, in Louisiana in a huge Creole family, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm one of 10 children, and I don't think that there was ever a time that I was not, doing theater, like literally like writing plays for my siblings and making them perform and dressing them up and stuff like that. And, um, I think really got passionate and serious about it in college. Um, in particular, whenever I, um, took my first playwriting course with, um, Fimi Yuba, who came up with, uh, Wole Shuenka, um, who was his, you know, best friend and got introduced to, um, you know, Death and the King's Horsemen and, um, you know, like Aime Cesar and, uh, you know, The Trial of Dinan Kamati and like all that, like just all of these amazing Black plays and playwrights. And um, I'm not going to nerd out on all of them. I, <laughs> I it love thing, it. Uh, but, you know, Dutchman and then, I, all of that. And I was just like, you know, this is where I, this is what I need to be doing. And then um, did my MFA at uh, Columbia. Um, and, and then here we are. <laughs>
3: Wow. No, that's beautiful. I love that. That's so great. That's so exciting that you were like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Here we go. Diving in the best way. Um, And AJ, what about you?
1: Um, I have to be succinct because I can go on and on forever. (laughs) But I would say um, just early in my childhood, being interested in the performing arts and and kind of doing it like you know, getting into things that are adjacent, you know, to theaters. So, um, so I, I've I've always had an interest in um in the written word, um, and also um, the spoken word. So you know, I remember being in, in, in my childhood just you know just loving poetry, and then getting the opportunity to come to New York City and 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 to be exposed to all of the performing arts that are available in New York City, um, such as dance. Um, and, and live theater, and then um, when I was, uh, I would say, like when I was a teenager, I was ex- I was exposed to um, the public theater, and then also just uh, taking a black theater class um, in undergrad and being exposed to uh, to the playwrights who were on the syllabus, and that just blew my world open. And and I think that I, um, I mean I've done different things in theater, such as um, like audience development um, and and also dramaturgy. So. It's just it's just like a colliding of all of my interests.
3: It was all the yes. things. Yes,
1: yes, yeah.
3: I think you did that very succinctly, so I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Thank um, you. <laughs> no, I know it's hard. Like with especially for artists, you know, it's like there are so many there or there can be, I should say, so many factors that contribute to how you discover performing arts, how you get involved, how you decide to do it at a professional level. So I know I love it. And I love that arts education has been so big for both of you. Um, Julianne, what about you?
4: So um, I used to get in trouble as a little girl for writing on the walls. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh! Well, I stayed in trouble. Um, But my family, I was exposed to theater, uh, black theater, growing up since probably the age of eight or nine. And I, funny enough, I thought I was actually going to be an actress. I wanted to do musical theater and I was Mm. going to be on stage singing and dancing. Um, But I got kind of got talked out of that and I didn't really come back to writing until much later in life. But um, I've all, we've always gone to theater. We've always gone to dance. Like every year growing up, we would do some kind of performance. Um, so it never left me. And uh, I just, I just love anything live. Music, yeah. dance, theater, everything.
3: All of the performance, all of the artistry, love yeah. All
4: of the arts, yeah.
3: Absolutely, yeah, there's oh, there's nothing like the live. And I know, I mean, and we'll get into what y'all have done too during this year, but this time of, of the vi- the visual, um, like the streaming and the virtual is the word I was looking for. It just doesn't hit quite the same for me as, as the live that you were just talking about. All right, Caesar, bring us home. How did you discover and get involved with performing arts?
2: I came out the womb performing. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I think my story is probably a little bit more cliche. Just church, you know, singing in the choir. Um, those are my earliest memories of, of singing and performing for people. In addition to, uh, you know, I had that kind of Black family where the aunts and the uncles made all the cousins do a a talent show uh
3: yes i love it
2: so that was probably the beginning of my performing arts uh experience and career
3: that is wonderful and it's true like the church is i feel like such another source of inspiration that way i remember there was someone i was interviewing at the very beginning of this podcast and they were like the drama of the church we'll get anyone into
2: performance. Would you agree, Caesar? I would. I mean, it was always a story. There's always a, it's, it's perfect drama. I mean, cause it's funny. There's always some person acting out and then there's a little bit of behind the scenes politics that if you're really deep in the church, you know about that person is sleeping with that person's husband, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. But, right. but it's, it, it's, at its core, it, at least my church was a very nurturing kind of environment where, uh, it was very child focused, and for the children, the young, the young adults, they uh, really just pushed us out front. Like I was a junior deacon, so uh, mm. I was always involved in the church, giving uh, the prayer or reading the scripture, and so just really getting us all used to speaking in public and and being in front of an audience.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely, and
1: I wanted to say it's, uh, it's funny to hear this now because Caesar was cast in a play, uh, "Surely Goodness and Mercy," playing a preacher. So, so it's just wonderful to hear everything has come full circle, right, Caesar?
2: Exactly. So that was funny because even that audition, <laughs> like it was a that was like the easiest audition ever because I had heard, uh, I had heard those lines. I knew that character uh, very well. Chisa Hutchinson wrote that play and. Uh, she wrote it so authentically that was easy.
3: Oh yes, Chisa Hutchison, love her podcast alum. Caesar, we gotta call you Deacon now. I'm like,
1: oh, God. and this is what, and now it makes sense because w- w- when we have our current calls for the for the Fire This Time Festival, nobody can bring in the money like Caesar can. But now everything is all, I'm just, it's just, everything is... AJ, are you saying that the the Black church is all about passing the plate?
2: What? (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) Now we know why it gets passed when you do the curtain uh, speech. That's right. You know,
2: we appreciate the kind of jingles, but we love the kind of folds, you know, that kind of... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my God. You just you just stirred up something, Felicia. So okay. Goodness. No, I love it. Well,
3: so okay, I, I love hearing these these origin stories, if you will, um, of how y'all got involved and what inspired you to continue on, right, as as you're becoming your own individual adult artists, all of these things, and kind of growing in different ways. So Kelly, as the founder, I'd love to hear the origin story of the Fire This Time Festival.
2: And then I'm going to edit it. Because I think I, <laughs> I I like the origin story, but I think we we could take it to the next level. I mean, maybe we could add a storm.
0: Spices. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're going we're to
2: we're gonna have to Rosa Parks this story. You know how, you know, just kind of just... <laughs> You know it happened, but they've got to <laughs> jump it up a little bit. Maybe we could do a little reenactment later. I love reels. anybody watch reels on TV? Okay, no, that's it. All right, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kelly, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: th-
0: th- this is also why Felicia like g- g- um, it's- Caesar and Julian and AJ are like the most charismatic team. Like when I used to do the cur- I-, I notoriously I do not like having to get up in front of people. So like every year they're like, hey, you know kelly you have to come up with this and i'm like okay but i'm like hiding behind you know kevin r free who i want to give some props to um came before caesar as artistic director yes, kevin. and he was the same way he was so charismatic and like it was just so nice to be able to like you know say hey i'm kelly how's it doing and then just like be like okay kevin caesar get in the spotlight and do your thing because they're so natural <laughs> and wonderful at it um
3: right but i'm sorry
0: we're like getting on our tangents
3: <laughs> no no i um, love it all
0: but um you know I, I again um it i i've been uh, uh reflecting so much lately just on um you know on the, on the very beginnings of the festival um you know for a um a a, a project that we're working on that we can't announce yet um but it's going to be very exciting um where i you know i'm talking about the um the origins of the fire this time and um you know at the it's most basic um and i think it's something that we're still very much find ourselves in conversation and especially in this past year in the theater with, you know, everything that happened, you know, after George Floyd's murder. Um, You know, I think that my initial instinct in founding the fire this time was knowing that, you know, um, this knowing that I needed to have a space that was safe for me Mm. as a black woman playwright, to be able to like, um, for my voice to be free and to not have to, to, to I I needed to create a space that was that was free for me. And, and and so my my initial instinct was like, okay, you know, there's all these things running through my head. Like you know, I was um, interning at Horse Trade Theater, which is now Frigid, and we used to have this wonderful theater all the way up. We used to call it the Penthouse because you had to walk up so many freaking stairs to get up there. <laughs> And it was like just the cutest little theater, the Red Room Theater. Um, and um, and the way that, you know, um, Erez Ziv is, who is the managing director there and has been for years, is he's just so generous. And I was like, hey, Erez, like I have this idea to put, you know, for a festival to put other Black playwrights in a room together, kind of figure out what, you know, what are people thinking right now? You know, at the time, like it's funny at the time, our frustrations as Black playwrights. We're not very different from the frustrations that they are now, mm. um, you know, uh, with with some progress, obviously, uh, along the way. But I think for the most part, we're still talking about how we're how we enter spaces, how we are treated in. Pre- and we weren't calling them predominantly white institutions back then. I don't think uh, Caesar or A.J. or Julianne, you can back me up on this, but um. um we were naming them specifically by the theaters that they were. We were like, um, and there, and there weren't a lot of theaters that we felt um, were stretching their imaginations to try to uh, uh, imagine what black story could be. And that Mm. there were so many of, uh, there were like a handful of black playwrights who just kept getting produced. And we were like, wait a second, like, that's not, you know, we have a different story from this bird. Not we're not a monolith, you know.
3: Right. Um,
0: and so and so I I sent an email literally. I remember sitting in the office at um at Horse Trade and sending emails to Katori Hall and Rada Blank and Germano Toussaint and Derek Lee McFadder and Deborah Seamway. I literally got on an email and said, Hey, my name is Kelly. I'm a black playwright. Um I have this theater space. I've been thinking a lot about you know, what black theater is and can be. And I'm wondering if you are too, would you like to meet and, you know, and put a festival together? And everybody said yes. And that was it. And I, the the full intention was that I was gonna do it that one time and then I was gonna work on my own stuff. uh, And uh, that didn't happen, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but what did happen was I think beyond what anybody, any of us could have imagined
2: absolutely that was a good story kelly i take that back you know, as,
0: you know what as i was saying it Caesar, I t- it's a Caesar. as as i was saying it i was like damn kelly this is the first time you're telling this story like and it's not boring yeah i mean it,
2: i'm not saying that you said that i'm not saying that but i want to say that was a good story i take back everything i said before that was a good one felicia please uh clip that for us <laughs> and send that back to us just that part right there
4: Absolutely, y'all use it you're
3: real. No, I love no, it. No, yeah, no,
2: not real, right there. I love that.
4: But Kelly, was it storming while you were writing your email? <laughs> yeah, in the You know what? It was probably very yes. cold. Y'all know how cold it is. Yes,
1: yes,
2: yes, yes, Yeah. yes. It was, and you, you, you could barely get your fingers uncurled to type right. the email <laughs> and you, you know, shivered.
0: It, it curled, and this is funny because Jesse Alec, who is at the public right now, used to be um, a resident company at the fire this time. So like that, when I was there, there was like, Josh Conkle was there. The management uh, company was there with Jess Shays. I think Jess Shays, I think that was the company, but Jesse Alec was there. So sometimes I would go in the office and like, there'd be just Jesse literally sitting by the biggest heater. It looked like a sun because
4: everybody (laughs) was huddled around
0: the heater and, and I would go in my little corner and send out my emails and, and it was, you know, I think that when people look back on their origin stories or they look back on, you know, their, their scrappy days as an artist, like I do look back on that very fondly. It was, there were a lot of us coming up together and it was a really, really beautiful thing. And, and and you know, I, and so I think that all of us, you know, myself and Caesar and AJ and Julianne, like we try to continue to foster a, a community like that to where anybody, any student, any playwright, anybody who wants to come to us and say, Hey, I have an idea, or Hey, I'm lost, you know, hey, I don't know how to access this resource, that we can say, Sure, you know, come in our cold ass office and we'll pull up. Some-
3: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think community is a huge part of it.
0: Well, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 would say, and I think, you know, we, we do say, and, you know, and this is where, you know, um, I've been talking uh, too much. So I want, you know, Caesar Julian and AJ to chime in, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that the way that we measure our success is by how successful we are at maintaining that sense of community. Um, you know, this, this industry is, uh, <laughs> it's an up and down. No one is ever going to have. a a career over their lifetime where you're just continually to go up and up and up and up and up and up, you're going to have your highs and lows. And, um, you know, the community is what you have that keeps you grounded and keeps you grounded in some sense of normalcy and consistency. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think that that's what makes that's, that's who we are at our core. You know, we had, um, two, uh, very beloved community members pass away over the course of, you know, being the fire this time. Um, one was Siddiqui Fafana, um, who I, I know, you know, an actor. And um, the other was my best friend, Christine Jean Chambers, who was a playwright and a photographer. And um, the way that we were able to come together to grieve those people and to send them home together and to mm. and to honor them and to continue to honor them, I think that's what is most successful to us. Seriously, like I mean, everything else in OB and whatever grants we get, and all those things, those are cherries on top. But if we're not a place that recognizes the value of the person who is next to us, I think we all see that as we 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 failed.
3: (laughs) Mm.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think back to your point earlier, Felicia. I think this COVID time or this time of separation, that's probably been the biggest challenge: is maintaining Mm. that same sense of community virtually. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, we put together some programs. I know Julian and AJ put together a, a workshop last summer called "Built to Thrive," which tried to do some of that. But it's just, it's it's been hard. And I'm looking forward to us being able to share space.
3: Yeah, sharing the space. I
4: would just, I would just add that I I think the fire this time is is even deeper than community. I really see the fire this time as family. Mm. I mean, the way that they support um, other artists it's it's more than community it's more it's more like family but the best of family
3: right very supportive
4: right. very loving and very giving all always
2: so not at all times. not crazy thanksgiving family no, no okay
4: <laughs> <laughs> not, not, wait
2: a second y'all <laughs> know we get
4: like that always there for you we're, we're digging in the dirt for you that kind of family yes like, yeah, really.
3: That's beautiful.
4: Yeah, you said it so well, Julianne.
3: Very nurturing. And I think, too, I know, Caesar. we had talked about this um, this summer during the Instagram live we did together about the mission, which... I love so much. It's the African-American experience is not represented solely by one voice or style. And Kelly, you had just mentioned that as well when you were talking about it, um, of not being a monolith. But I just love that that's such a central part of the mission. And Caesar, or I mean, anyone, if you w- want to talk about, you know, how you go about curating and, and selecting these playwrights that end up feeling like family.
2: Well, I, I think the first piece, of that is probably the the process, which is past playwrights nominate uh, people to submit their plays for the following season, and so I think mm, you get some mm-hmm. family, there's some continuation, there's some community that's built automatically by that. So if a season ten playwright represents somebody they know and they respect and they love um, their work, and personally for season eleven, I think that happens kind of uh, organically. Um, so that's the first thing. The, the second thing is. I had a chance to interview all of our playwrights for season 13 and I was pleased at how many of them had been and seen the fire this time festival and the diversity and the variety of the stories and the voices and how it just emboldened them or just, um, it just uh, fortified them to tell their own story in their own voice. So I think when the playwrights see that we're doing it, it just, it just continues. It just builds upon itself. And so, A lot of the plays that we receive, uh, there's a variety of voices. However, and I think uh, uh, everyone else will agree with this, there always seems to be a little something that's in the air every season, you know, that people are really into. Like this past season, I don't know how many plays we received, but uh, a lot of them, uh, the plays culminated with uh, Black folks killing white folks. Like, you know, just kind of this expression of retribution and revenge and we're not taking this anymore. And enough is enough, um, which was just so powerful And because you could see it, you could see it out in the world. And then to see it come through in the writing uh, was in, extremely invigorating and uh, edifying for me personally. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's in the process. And I think it's in the fact that we've been fortunate enough to keep doing it and people see it and it makes them do it. It's kind of like, it gives them a confidence to, to do it. And I, I just—it is my favorite thing, and I do know when we're selecting the plays. Uh, AJ, who has like an encyclopedic memory, I would say, uh, he he can <laughs> yes. he can recall every play from every season, and so he uh, he keeps on us to make sure, as literary manager, that we are doing that, that we are continuing to push the boundary. No, not not yet, AJ. I'm, you're not gonna you're not, no modesty yet, AJ. <laughs> AJ does an amazing job of that, uh, of just making sure we have variety, that we're not repeating ourselves too much, but also there's variety in the season. It's just brilliant. And then we were fortunate enough to add Julianne to the mix last season, and to have someone with a fresh eye and a writer of Julianne's caliber looking at the pieces has also been just uh, an incredible resource i mean we this that julianne and aj could form a team i'm gonna name them aj and j and they could put Ooh, themselves like out it. as consultants to help other theater companies curate this season and they could make millions yo millions
3: <laughs> business plan business plan that's
2: right
1: Caesar put it out into the universe so you know yeah, I did yes. yes I did I did want to add to to uh, to piggyback some uh, on something that Caesar was saying is, is that in terms of the Fire This Time Festival uh being a kind of you know having its vo- having its finger on 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 the pulse of you know what artists are thinking or w- what's on artists mind I think one of the incredible things that I've been able to witness through the Fire This Time Festival is because, is, is that the festival really gets to um In the way works works are curated um and and everything happens very quickly you get to see what playwrights are really responding to in real time um as opposed to the you know the predominant the pwi development system where it could take years and years for a play to get from you know the playwright to an audience um and at at the fire this time festival if whatever is going on in the world uh, during the year where we get the submissions for the following season, you're going to see that. Um, you're going to see that representation and, and you're going to see that on, on the stage a few months later. And we really got, and, and I know Kelly has um, has talked about this a lot as well, but we really got to track the first decade of the 21st century through what's happened on the world and, and being able to, to to put that on the stage. So we really got to see what was happening in terms of, you know, with president Obama being elected um, you know the social justice justice movement. We really got to present things in a real time sort of way. So, so I think that you can track pretty much what was happening um, within the Black experience just by looking at what was produced, um, what was produced at the Fire This Time Festival from you know from season one, which was in two thousand nine two thousand and ten through last season.
3: Right. It's kind. It's like a
1: snapshot of what's
3: going on in the broader world.
1: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah time capsule almost
4: exactly and no formula there's no formula like it has to fit like the play has to fit a formula like it it has to be about this or it has to be about that or it has to have only two characters or four characters it's bring right what you are feeling right this moment and every every I, I would say that every uh, reaction of what's going on in the world is being presented at the fire this time.
3: Which is freeing in a way, going back to what you said about the origin story, Kelly, of like you wanted a space to feel free.
0: And and honestly, I think that, you know, of all the different directions, because I mean, my, myself and Julianne and AJ and Caesar we're all individual artists with our own, you know, individual pursuits. And I think one of the things f- the reasons why um you know uh we continue with the fire this time as beside aside from our our passion just for the work and how much uh fun we have together um is the fact that um there aren't very many spaces for people of color in this in- industry where you feel real autonomy um where you feel um real safety um and um, and I feel that I can I can say that having you know done the fire this time for over a decade and at the same time having worked on an admin um, level in in predominantly white institutions where you know m- many times I was the only black person in that building and I was always uh, had to serve as the mediator between um, the institution and any project of color that came in there
4: Mm. and had
0: to say, you know, this is what we're going to need to do to make this a safe environment for them. And then still kind of seeing people walking into those spaces and still being very nervous and being very paranoid and being very grateful that I was there. Um, you know, and, um, and, and so when you have that experience side by side with, when you step into, the fire this time on opening night or any of the nights, my God, it is, um, it is such a, you are truly yourself. Everybody is, you know, everybody now knows you come to the fire this time. You better be ready to do the the two-step in between the, the, the songs or, you know, you better know all the words to the, (laughs) because everybody's going to be singing along together. I mean, you are just free
1: mm-hmm and it really is um, i it, it's it's a feeling it's like a um it's like it's a family reunion <laughs> it's a it, it's a house party it's it's all these things in one and that's some of my, those are some of my favorite moments as Kelly was just saying uh, so, so beautifully is that, you know, in between the, um, so during the 10 minute play, there's, you know, six to seven plays and in between each play, there's a transition song and you hear the, um you know, you, of course it's, you know, it's R and B or soul or gospel and, and the audience is singing along and laughing and it, and it's just, there's no feeling like that that's comparable to being in that space where, where, you know, where it's a safe space, and it's family, it's community, and it's just—I mean, it's just—it's—and you know—and you never—you never know who's going to show up um, at, at the festival, and that you know, whoever it is, everybody's in sync, and it's just—it's a really incredible feeling.
3: I love that. I love that. So, yeah, it sounds like a a cookout that you get to just be like, "Hey, everyone, we're going to reconnect at this time, this place." Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
2: Yeah, i think i think it's interesting that like when i think about my most memorable the 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 things that have impacted me the most with the fire this time it's strange it it may not necessarily be something that was actually on the stage
4: Hmm.
3: it may
2: have been that kind of community that sense of community that exists in the space on those nights and the energy that you could feel coursing. Uh, through the building. Um, I think those are the moments that always stick out to me each and every year.
3: Well, and that's what I was curious about, too, was, like, if y'all had, like, tangible examples or or memories or something that expressed the importance of the festival? Because, like, obviously it's important, but, like, do you just remember if there was a time you were standing in the space or watching a show or helping one of the playwrights and you just felt in your soul, you're like, damn, we're doing something right.
0: I can can tell you that from the first weekend of performances that we had up in the red room that I knew something special was, was about to, was, was happening because we were in the red room and AJ, you may have been here for, been there for some of those first performances, but our first yeah. slate of performances, we had like a weekend. It was a Friday, a Saturday and a Sunday. And, um, the 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 fire code capacity of the red room including performers audience members and whoever else needed to be in there including backstage i think was something like 50 total
3: Uh oh
0: and and we we had people filled up in the seats performer like literally there were people sitting on the floor in the stairs i was in the back of the booth like you know way even past the, the 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 booth um Watching the show, like I remember Katori looking over my shoulder and like us laughing together, and you just there was just a sea of people. Like, I, like now I'm like, oh my god! Like if something would have popped off, we were all dead. Like there was no, there's no way we <laughs> get out of there easily. But I mean, there was just an overwhelming response, you know. And the and the actors weren't bothered at all by people walking in, you know, five or ten minutes later and coming and sitting down right in front of where they were performing. And and that was the moment for me that I was like, oh my God, like, you know, we're responding to something that people have been needing.
1: To, to what Kelly was saying, I remember going to. Um, I was introduced to the Five This Time Festival by Derek McFadder, who was uh, one of the playwrights who was in the inaugural festival and Derek had told me about it. And then, um, by the time I went to buy tickets, it was sold out, um, on the website. So I, I sent Derek an email and I said, Derek, I, t- I tried to buy tickets, you know, but the show was sold out. Uh, is there anything you could do? And Derek said, let me see if I can you know, get you a ticket. And then I don't know what magic he worked, but sure enough, I was able to, um, I was able to see that, uh, that first year. And it just like, it was, um, it was it was it was so transformative and um, and it, it and even back then I, when I think about the divert, about the diversity of plays on stage you had um, there was a like you know sci-fi there was realism um, there were comedies um, you know there, there were dramas and it was and. And, and, and as I think about it it was it was a multi it was a multi-generational cast of, of actors so you had young adults you had you know older actors um, middle-aged actors and I think that being in the Fireless time festival you take for granted you know if we can do it then everybody else should be able to do it but you know that but as you know that's not the case um, you know to see a multi-generational play uh with um with black actors or actors of color It was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience.
4: Absolutely. Yes, once-in-a-lifetime. I came to the fire this time as a playwright. I was in season six. Um, I had known Kevin R. Free um, from a playwriting class. And so I submitted, and luckily I was uh, selected for season six. And I just never left because (laughs) that was home for me. That was, like Kelly said, a safe place. I felt like I was heard. I felt like I didn't have to defend anything. And like I said, I just, I, I refused to to leave. They couldn't get rid of me. I stayed. <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Well, and, and I was thinking too, because uh, Kelly, I think you had mentioned the the original people you had emailed included like Rada Blank. And I'm thinking of, you know, now her movie on Netflix about the experience of being a black playwright, um, the 40-year-old version, like, highlights, I think, all of these things that you guys are bringing up in terms of Black playwrights developing work, um, you know, having work produced by PWIs. And I'm just curious because I don't even know what my question is, really. But I guess it's like, would y'all ever consider, I guess, becoming a full-fledged company that's producing Rep Full Round? Because it's just, I guess that's my question. I'll start there. I'll start there.
2: (laughs) Well, funny you should mention it. I mean, I think if I was going to say the future or or what we're doing is we are trying to produce content year round. Um, Like this year, I know we're because we're in the digital space, it's a little bit easier. Mm. Um, So this year you will see us coming out. We're, we're involved in a collaboration with Watts village theater and the center theater group in LA in a project that's going on right now that people can go and watch right now. We have a, something called the alumni spotlight uh, where we take uh, a a number of short works from one of our alums and put it together and, and uh, release it as a, as a full story or a full tale or or try to give a a tasting of their work. Um, You know, we're, we're, we're going to, you know, we're doing some, some kind of wellness. We're trying to do wellness activities for the community as well. So yeah. So I, I think while we are called the fire this time festival, um I think we're trying to reach out and expand our scope beyond just the 3 week festival in January.
3: I love to see it. I really do. Well cuz y'all uh y'all collaborated with um All Arts in 2022 so they could film last season's playwright shows. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that that might be my favorite moment. Yeah. I mean I mean I grew up watching PBS and all this other yes. stuff and the scene. And to see that combination of theater with with cameras and audience, and you know, it was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And they recorded it, it's beautiful. You can go to allarts.com uh, or allarts.org. I don't know where they are. AJ will know. Um, <laughs> can, what are they, AJ?
1: Well, I was gonna say, you can go to the Fire This Time Festival uh, YouTube page and all of the 10 minute plays from that were recorded, that were. Um, Uh, recorded by All Arts are available on our uh, Fire This Time Festival YouTube page.
2: Yes, you can go to our YouTube page and you can catch that. I mean, I think uh, so much content is on our YouTube page. (laughs) Thank you, AJ, for bringing that. And we're gonna gonna announce our season 13 playwrights uh, momentarily, like any minute now we're gonna announce them and that will be uh, we did some interviews and some other chats, fireside chats with them, which will also be on the YouTube page. So yeah, so it's a the all arts experience was really wonderful. It was crazy. I don't know how, I mean, I can remember Kelly and I having a lot of conversations <laughs> trying to pull that together. Uh, that was really difficult, but uh, in the end, it turned out beautifully.
0: Yeah. Oh, and also, Caesar, did you mention New Works Lab? I,
2: I did not. Actually, that's probably the biggest thing we're doing. Go ahead, uh, Kelly. Oh, talk no, I'm that. talking
0: it. I'm tossing it right over to AJ. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, AJ, AJ,
2: AJ. Okay, so okay. Felicia, I just want to set the stage for what AJ's about to say. Okay. So maybe the most important thing that we are doing and our goal of amplifying the pipeline of uh, uh, of writers of the African diaspora is something called the New Works Lab. And uh, my wife, Cynthia Robinson, who's a playwright, and A.J. Muhammad are the facilitators of this lab. And I am so proud of it. It is going to be amazing. And uh, A.J., just tell us all about it.
1: So yes, yeah, so uh, so we are so Cynthia and I we will be uh, co-facilitating the fourth cycle of, of the lab uh, this fall. Um, the lab started in twenty fifteen. Um, uh, it was it was a it was started out of this need to serve. Like you know, the conversation was, and Kevin Free was he was the uh, the artistic director at that time, um, and we, we were just having conversations of you know how can we continue to support the playwrights in our community, because we know that with the flagship 10 minute play festival, we can only serve a finite number of playwrights, um, you know, through the 10 minute play festival. So we were always thinking of ways of how can we get more exposure to our artists? And the idea, one of the ideas that launched was this thing called a new works lab. And uh, in 2015, and we had no, you know, (laughs) there was no budget, there was no money, but we said, we want to do it. And um, Cynthia and I, uh, Cynthia Robinson and I, we, we, we had really never met. I mean, I knew Cynthia through the fire this time festival and had seen her work on stage. And um, so Cynthia and I, we just started planning this, planning this lab uh, where we initially gave six. Um, th- there were six playwrights who, who got to workshop a um, a portion of their play. And then the lab co- it, the lab lasted for a few months and then it culminated into uh, to a public presentation so we as i said we just had we had a dollar in a dream and, and <laughs> in the first cycle we had six playwrights including um and anyanwu who wrote um who developed the the um who developed her play the homecoming queen um in our lab and then she was able to take it on you know to atlantic theater company but it was this it, it, again, it was in the winter, so we were huddling, uh, so it was all of us, you know, huddling in, 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 in the Crane Theater and under St. Mark's, and the play, it was just so, um, it was so humbling to see the playwrights, are, you know, who were serious about, um, just about, you know, developing their work, we had Khalil Kane, who's who's an actor who, you know, you may know from um the TV show Girlfriends, he played, um, he played um, Golden Brooks' husband um, uh, on, on that show. So he was one of the uh, inaugural playwrights who was in the lab and we'll be launching our fourth cycle this fall. And I, and I wanted to acknowledge the Black Seed Fund because they, their their support is uh, making it possible for us to really dream, you know, to, to like, to really, you know, I know Cynthia and I talked about, you know, like, how can we really do this lab in a way that um, where we have the resources that we need and so that everyone will be taken care of and the Black Seed uh, Fund has has made it possible. So we got to really dream big and to really do the lab in a way that we will have the resources that we need. So the lab will meet this fall and it will run through uh, the spring of uh, 2022. So we're really excited about relaunching the lab. Uh, The lab was on hiatus for a couple of seasons, but it's back, and Cynthia and I are—we're in the trenches, getting everything together so that we can um, relaunch uh, this fall. And I'm—I'm I'm really excited just being in the room with a group of playwrights who are birthing, creating new works. Like, there's no feeling that you get when you're in the room and you're hearing um, fresh pages being being rewritten, and then the conversations that um, emerge—you know—were you know between the playwrights and, and Cynthia and I, and it's just—it's—it's just, it's magic in the room. Cynthia is a brilliant um, dramaturg, playwright, um, college professor. So I learned, I feel like I'm a student. Um, I'm just, I, I always like to observe people. And, and I love observing Cynthia because I, you know, just the way she communicates to to, to the labbies and just hearing her thought process. So it's a lab. And I'm, I I feel like I'm also, even though I'm co-facilitating, I'm also one of the participants because I lo- learned so much from Cynthia and the playwright. So um, again, I, I wanted to thank the Black Sea f- for their support and also, you know, Caesar and Kelly as well for um, also, you know, just being supportive and saying, yes, we want to keep the lab going. And so, yeah, very exciting, exciting times.
3: <laughs> yes, no, that's great. And it's like, I mean, y'all all have been saying, and Julianne, you said it too, like y'all are a family and you nurture and you're supportive and it's crucial and so essential to have those spaces,
1: Yeah. And it's, and, and just again, you know, there is, um, you know, like to, to give playwrights an opportunity because a lot of times, um, as you know, um, you know, of course, where we have, um, playwright, black playwrights developing work at, at PWIs and, and, um, oftentimes what happens is, is that the playwrights are developing this work and because it's a, it's at a PWI, um, everything is filtered through the white gaze and, um, it's a completely different conversation where you where you're developing work in a in a black space where we speak the same language and you know we have a similar shared experience so the playwrights don't have to explain well um they don't have to explain it, why a character is speaking ebonics or if a, you know or, yeah. or if there's something that that's specific you know to uh, to black culture they don't have to it, it doesn't have to be filtered through several different people um uh, in in order for um in in order for that playwright to to feel like they're being heard or to have their work, you know, be communicated.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, too, it's... I mean, y'all took the lemons of 2020 and, like, made lemonade for sure and were able to still provide all of these safe spaces like you've just been talking about and all of the upcoming projects too. And, and I'm curious on the kind of an individual artistic level um, and Julianne, I'd like to start with you too. Like in terms of how did y'all evolve? How did you change, you know, what was 2020 like for y'all as, as individuals? And yeah. Um, well,
4: 2020 was kind of hard for- for me, in some ways, um, I didn't really feel Caesar and I had this conversation, um, and like so many people were like gung ho and they were really like getting down and writing and and dancing and acting and doing all the stuff, and I really took that time to just uh, work on myself spiritually. Mm. Mm. and strengthen myself spiritually um and so i didn't do a whole lot of writing at that you know during that time but i am starting to 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 write more and to be um more what should i say um grounded and mm. more comfortable in my skin and uh, yeah. So I use 2020 for that. You know, I work in the healthcare system. So it, it, I I saw kind of firsthand the devastation of mm. um, COVID and, and I think it took a little, um, you know, starch out of my sails, I guess they say. So, uh, but yeah. So I, I, I use that time to kind of like really ground myself spiritually and to really come into you are an artist and you're mm. going creating art. You're mm. an artist. That's who you are. That's what you were created to do and to be. And so I, I use 2020 for that. I guess hindsight, you're right.
3: Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, especially because I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic, like around this time last year, people were like, oh this is like gonna be like the renaissance like you know so many people wrote plays during the last plague or whatever and I was like what like hold on can we all just like (laughs) take a beat and take a breath and all of these things so I think absolutely in terms of like you said like grounding yourself reflecting recalibrating during this time and I feel like we'll soon see the work emerging perhaps in the next few years but I'm like props to the people for sure props to the people who were able to find that creative energy then but i was like y'all i'm doing good to like go to my kitchen i don't know like <laughs> yeah <That's>
2: exactly <laughs> i feel like i'm still going through 2020 and mm. uh in many ways um it was an opportunity to kind of just uh stop for a second get off the treadmill and just assess uh where I was as an artist, where I was as a person and to do some work on that and that's the process I think that continues to go on. Um I too was surprised at how exhausted I was uh going through it. Um and so just try to focus on self-care. Uh was very fortunate For, was fortunate, I'll say fortunate. I did get a lot of opportunities and offers and projects that if you had told me in 2019, I'm like, oh my God, dream come true. But then I got, I got them and got a chance to kind of get involved with these organizations and these institutions. And uh, maybe I was naive before, but kind of just had the, you know, the scales fall from my eyes and see what the situation was. And I, I learned a lot about what and who I am willing to deal with and put up with in this moment. And to kind of shrink that circle and that bubble. Uh, so mm. it's been a learning experience. I, um, I've i been around a lot of people. Um, I've lost some people. Mm. Uh, myself, I, everybody I know is lost. We've all lost a lot during this. So, you know, just dealing with that. But I did wake up this morning just uh, feeling a, a gratitude to be alive and to take a breath. And then get up on my own two feet. So that's kind of where I am. I, I'm, I'm feeling uh, hopeful I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling rested. I'm feeling a little bit wiser. Mm. Uh, I just gotta. I don't. You know. I just gotta get my courage up to to do the things that are necessary uh, to keep moving in this direction. As the world opens up and as there's pressure to do more and to take on these other uh, projects, the the fact that no is a full sentence is a muscle that I ooh baby I'm gonna have to really practice. Mm-hmm. So that's where I am.
3: The message from Deacon Caesar. We love to see it.
2: A-A-M. Hallelujah and amen.
1: Well, well.
2: Yeah.
1: I can hear the pipe organ in the background. <laughs>
2: yes. And I'm tired of these folks asking me to look over their racial statements before they release them. Yeah. Oh, like you know.
4: yes,
2: All of that. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. I think as,
1: Caesar, as you said, um, I think we're still kind of processing 2020 and some people are calling it 2020 plus one because <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, people have been saying that because uh, we're still dealing with injustice and some of the same things that were going on in 2020 and, and prior to 2020, we're still, we're, we're dealing with that. And also like 2020 was uh, a year where, where, where people were having conversations around self care self care and, and and mental health and what i really appreciated was just being able to to hear these conversations because i i think i'm the type of person where where uh, someone else i get a lot of inspiration from from our community from my family from from colleagues so just just being in these conversations i think was was really helpful for me uh, in terms of looking at uh, processing what was happening and just getting through the day to day. And, and, and also um, there was art that was created too, that really inspired me. So, so they were uh, projects that people shared during the pandemic and, you know, just seeing those projects, hearing music, listening to the radio, talking, having our weekly the Fire this time festival meetings um, that that really helped to get to get me through 2020, 2020 plus one, I um, mean also we as Caesar was mentioning at the, about the alumni spotlight last year we um, launched our inaugural alumni spotlight which uh, f- which uh, showcased the work of a playwright named Roger Q Mason, and Roger Q Mason is a force of nature, <laughs> and and I hope you get the chance to speak to Roger because uh, Roger has a lot to say and Roger is a brilliant artist so we got to work on helping. Uh, to help shine a spotlight on Roger's work because Roger is an incredible, um, an, an incredible playwright and performer. So that was really rewarding to see Roger. I, I love Roger's work and just getting to watch Roger and Roger's a type of person where as soon as Roger opens their mouth, you, you're going to get your life because Roger is, is, is is brilliant and Roger is funny. And so, so that was just, so it was really great to, to, to for Roger to have that opportunity to, um, uh, have their work shown virtually and so and 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 just all these other conversations that people are having now um a, a lot of panel discussions around um, legacy and around um you know social justice and, and activism um it, it really you know helped it, it really helped me to have clarity and and just to kind of feel like okay this is what's going on and this is what we have to do because the struggle is not over and, and we have work to do, but at the same time, to remember to take care of yourself and to just do what you can. And um, if, if you can't go to a rally, if you can donate money um, or show up some other way, I think that that's, you know, you do what you can do. And, and, and as I said, I'm still learning and going through it and, and and just looking back and reflecting and, you know, thinking about what and thinking about what's coming down what or what like what is tomorrow going to look like
3: Absolutely it's always a brand new day a brand new day
1: <laughs> The is
3: Ab- Yes Uh and Kelly what about you what did you learn in 2020
0: Oh gosh um that I'm uh, um way better at things than I give myself credit for
2: Amen Amen Well
0: Caesar has me testifying up in here um i mean i i I think that you know before this pandemic i mean so so many of us were just running around and we were burnt out, and I think that we were always looking at um you know not the thing that's in front of you but the thing that you're trying to get towards and you know um and and it's and it's very difficult to just be able to see what you're doing in the moment and um and uh and how you are okay. Um, you know, I realized that I look any mom who had to stay home, who had children under the age of five during this pandemic, you are my hero. Um, you are enough. You are awesome. And I just want to say that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Do nothing besides that. That's everything. Uh, it, it, it's an extraordinary job. Um, And so I realized that I'm a, I'm a better mother than I give myself credit for. Um, uh, At this was also, I mean, almost in every way, whatever role I've had in life was, was tested and, uh, and asked more of me and asked me to rise to the occasion. And, um, and I think that as far as this time, we definitely did that. I mean, we. You know, as you said, Felicia, I mean, like we just as leadership just said, you know what, like all of these other initiatives are awesome, but we took ownership of the fact that we've been doing it for over a decade. Mm. Um, I'm not keeping an eye out on any of the PWIs because I'm keeping an eye on myself and our people and Mm -hmm. we're doing the work and, you know, and we've, and we, we found the, and I think we found, I, I found so much courage in this moment and it was almost like we needed this to be like, wait a second, like we are, we are awesome. I, I almost feel like, you know, as, you know, um, you know, uh, institutions of color, we gaslight ourselves, hmm. you know, we, we think that we, hmm. you know, oh, we don't have this, this and this and this. So, you know, you know, we need to do this and this. And as Caesar said, it was just like, no, wait a second, we're doing all of this shit for y'all. We hold everything that is of value to you not the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just on a level of, um, as an individual artist as well, and just leaning into the fact that, like, hey, I have a, you know, a, a slew of good things sitting in front of me. Why am I acting like I have to create all of this new stuff? And just, and and I went back to a lot of my old work, and anytime, anybody, if there was an opportunity to put something up, if there's an opportunity to write something, any whatever opportunity came, I just did it, I just did it, and, and I, and I worked on my, I'm developing a play, um, at the, the, at the Atlantic, which, you know, Caesar just directed the, the reading of, and it's a part of my Louisiana trilogy, my family's play trilogy, and I just, I really, I mean, I just leaned in on every level, because I think when you go through what we all went through, you realize, you know, as you said, Felicia, if, if, if your thing was just getting up and going to the kitchen and that's what you were able to do in a situation that was just so incredible, um, that you found the courage and the strength to do that. Mm -hmm. And it it deserves to be, um, to be acknowledged. And, um, and, 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 you know, and I did come into this pandemic having, having just watched my best friend die unexpectedly. And so a lot of the work was me leaning into the grief, but a lot of it was just me saying, like, you know, um, you know, we have way more courage and way more resilience and way more talent and imagination than we give ourselves credit for. And we got to acknowledge that in this moment here and now.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to become a playwright, like just so I can get someone to nominate me so I can work with y'all. Like, that's how I'm feeling after this conversation. All right. Well, get to
2: work. We're ready for
1: you. Yeah. And, if, <laughs> no. and Felicia, what I also wanted to say, too, is that is uh, 2020 was you know, Caesar was saying there was a lot of loss. But then seeing people like you um, using your platforms to uh, amplify the work of, of, of the people that have been doing the, that have been doing. What, you know what what uh, what they now call EDI doing that doing this work for years and using your platform to celebrate um, people like the fire this time bold um, NYC um, you know the, the the movement theater company Harlem 9 that was just I, I think that like it, it was such a blessing to be able to, to be able to see um, and to, to, to see and celebrate the work that our peers have been doing and and people like you you using your platform and saying, I'm, you know, come. Hey, y'all, come with me. You know, I um, I want to, like, I I want to give you all your flowers while you all are still here. And so that was one of the highlights of 2020 was was just watching all of these um, Instagram takeovers that you, um, you know, like that you produced and, and you facilitated. So, um, thank you.
2: Absolutely.
1: So that I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm, mm, mm. You, aj you sound like mother loftus right there thank you
3: <laughs> aj thank you for the kind words yes. and thank yeah. you deacon caesar yeah thank you, Felicia. No, always and and it's i mean i y'all heard me gushing at the beginning but i i really do believe in the incredible work that you have been doing and that you continue to do and i know that you will do in the future um and so I, I am grateful to be a part of any part of the journey, whether it's as a playwright or just you know amplifying your message. And um, I'm so grateful. I, I mean, I know we could talk for a thousand hours; it only scratched Caesar's, the surface. And, but um,
1: I, I wanted to like to tease Caesar because I remember when, when you all did the um, the Facebook takeover. Caesar said he wanted to talk. You know, he was going to keep the conversation right. going. <laughs> right. I know
3: it's. I and I know, did. It. Yeah, that's why we. we <laughs> We need to do like we should do like um you say week and I'm slowly I'm like Julianne, I'm like gonna include myself because I'm never leaving now, um we should do like a like a a founders slash leadership origin story of the festival that y'all put out like on your channels and I will help you.
2: Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. so yeah. adding the thing about it being cold and yeah. Kelly wearing like a. Like, exactly. Like, a, like some kind of Russian peasant. Like, <laughs> I, I, I envision like, wearing like a wool, you know, yeah, yes, wool, figless gloves. Right. I these emails. Right. Dearest Katori.
0: <laughs> yeah, on um, what was like the oldest computer? I, I'm, I'm probably still using it,
1: honestly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if folks want to keep up with y'all and the journey um, of the Fire This Time Festival on social media, where can they do that?
1: Well, so, uh, we, so the Fire This Time Festival is on um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, and, and there's also a website as well. And one of the things that uh, that we like to do is just is, is to is to celebrate the work that are that the artists in our community are doing all year round. So, um, so if if you want to, if people want to find out what the festival is up to, and also what the community of artists. What our our community of artists are working on, I would say um, you can get that from uh, our uh, social media and and, uh, just, you know, just to keep an eye out on on things and and also um, projects that our community are working on.
3: Perfect. Well, all right, y'all. I appreciate you so much being here today. Thank you so, so much.
2: Thank you, you. you, Felicia. Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: Until next time, y'all.